0: hello and thank you for tuning in again today uh you are currently watching the skill building sunday drawing group uh which is a live stream started on today sunday october 2nd at 1 p.m i am your host jason Leiser, and if this is working for you please let us know in the comments and in the chat areas and welcome to guy hsn's reinventing the tattoo community for tattooers apprentices collectors and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the app stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, as well as our YouTube channel We have a Roku channel with 12 to 15 channels going live at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as well as all of the major podcast directories such as Apple and Spotify. No matter where you were watching or listening to these shows, you can always get the latest and greatest event information as well as the most up-to-date news and info for reinventing the tattoo at www dot reinventing the tattoo.com You can always try it out for free. We have some sample webinars from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, as well as some free advice from Guy Henson himself about goals. We have a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown, as well as a number of different event schedules, uh, both weekly and special live stream events. Um, we also have professional development courses from over 20 world class tattooers. Once again, if this is working for you, if I'm coming through loud and clear, please drop us a comment. Let us know this way. I'm not just kind of flapping my gums and no one can really hear what I'm saying. Um, So just helps give us some feedback. We have a number of weekly staple shows we always encourage people to tune into starting today on Sundays. At 1 p.m. Eastern Time with me, Jason Leeser, for Skill Building Sunday. And that's followed on Monday with a whole list of different shows starting at 9 a.m. with Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we go through and discuss some basic drawing techniques and strategies. That's followed on Mondays at 11 a.m. with the Tattoo Weekly Show hosted by Gabe Ripley, Jake Meeks, and Lauren Gregory on mondays at 5pm we have let's talk about feelings with robbie ripple where we go through and discuss any number of different topics regarding to the way that we feel about things and trying to address that kind of a taboo topic that none of us really likes to talk about mondays at 9pm we have a subscribers live drawn group with sandy um, where we go through and we cover various parts of the reinventing the tattoo canon Tuesdays at 10 a.m., we have another live drawing group with Ricardo Sturtevant, a very good friend of mine, an extremely talented artist, and that is the Tuesday Feels drawing group. Wednesdays at 1 p.m., we have the Tattoo Now show with Gabe Ripley, where we go through and we discuss some of the more business aspects and business mindset aspects of being a tattoo artist. Thursdays at 6 p.m., we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker um, and Kyle Bernstein, and that one's always a great show. highly recommend you check that one out. Uh, We do have a number of sponsors I would like to go through and thank very quickly. These are the people that help make these kinds of shows happen, so uh, let's go through that. Starting out with Raw Pigments, an ink company that's tapping into the source, rawpigments.co. These are acrylic-free, vegan-friendly, powder-based tattoo pigments that are absolutely phenomenal. Highly recommend you give them a shot. Uh, I've been using them for a little while now, and I am absolutely loving the results I'm getting from them. And next we have WorldTattooEvents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. And they're constantly updating everything as we are living in this post-pandemic world. Uh, As we know, events are still getting scheduled, rescheduled like crazy. So for the latest and greatest, most up-to-date information on what events are going on around the world, take a look at WorldTattooEvents.com. Next, we have Delize Pro, also known as Dermalize uh, in the rest of the world, due to international copyright laws. Thank you for that. Uh, Protect your art. If you're still using plastic wrap to wrap your tattoos after they're done, it's probably time to step your game up. Uh, Go through, take a look, do a quick Google search, see what it's all about. Designed by wound care specialists, specifically designed to help heal tattoos. Delize Pro is absolutely fantastic, highly recommend it. TattooNow.com, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management and digital tools for tattooers of all levels. Um, They've got a number of different CRM and mailing list uh, types of software that's out there. Uh, If you're really trying to get your studio up and going in the right direction, or if you're just looking for ways to improve what you're currently doing, Tattoo Now is the resource to go to. Uh, They specialize in helping to streamline business and, um, you know, search results and trying to help you really get your name out there and attract the clients that you're really trying to attract. So take a look at TattooNow.com. And of course, this wouldn't be reinventing the tattoo without a very big and personal Thank you, uh, well, and professional thank you to Guy Aitchison. He is the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo. Go to guyachison.com where you can pick up a copy of his Biomech Encyclopedia, uh, any number of his DVDs. He's got some custom coil machines for sale, uh, some original oil paintings, countless prints, all available at guyachison.com. Would also like to go through and say a very quick and special thank you to two of our affiliates the fireside tattoo network and the apprenticeship diaries um the apprenticeship diaries if you're just starting out on your road to becoming a tattoo artist take a look at the apprenticeship diaries with amy nichols lots of great information there if you're looking for an alternate source of additional information on tattooing and you are already a tattoo artist take a look at the Fireside Tattoo Network. They've got loads of videos and podcasts there that are absolutely priceless. highly recommend you take a look at those. Uh, Once again, we always ask that you please post positive reviews on the channel and help us get the word out. Uh, If you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event, become a sponsor of our community, or maybe you're just looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, All of that and more is available. All you have to do is reach out to us and email us at management at reinventingthetattoo.com. As a quick little side note, I will be over at the Resurrection Island Tattoo Convention in West Virginia uh, the weekend of the 14th. Um, And I forget the exact dates off the top of my head right now um take a look real quick but i would like to extend an invitation for anyone that might be in that area um if you would like to stop by and say hi by all means please feel free to do so you'll notice the reinventing the tattoo banner here just look for that at the show and that's a pretty good uh indicator of where i'm going to be and that is the 14th 15th and 16th at the Wheeling Island Hotel and Casino so, if any of you are going to be in the area for that, by all means, please let me know, and I'll be happy to meet up with you. As well, the weekend after that, the October 24th, 23rd, and 24th—no, 24th and 25th—sorry—I will be at the uh, needle jig meetup, the Northeast needle jig meetup. Uh, where I will be attending and taking a whole bunch of different seminars from a whole bunch of really amazing people. So if you are interested in a live get-together with different artists from around the country to go through and take seminars, awesome. Uh, By all means, please come over, join us. Uh, It's very reasonably priced, and you get access to every seminar going on each day. Uh, It should be an absolutely phenomenal time. Um, so definitely take a look at the needle jig Meetup. And let me get back here. And I will restart that. We've got Amber with us in here today already. Um, doo, doo, doo. There's Amber. Hey. Awesome. Cool. And let me switch this back over. I can get rid of that. And I can close this as well. Uh, So I did have a couple of things I did want to talk to people about today. Um, Convention prep. Yeah. So if For people out there such as myself that enjoy working at shows, working at conventions, it's not for everyone. I know some people that just really conventions are not their gig and that's totally fine. Like you don't have to It's not like a requirement to be a tattoo artist that you have to work at a convention, but I will tell you this, there is some absolutely priceless information that I've gained just from going and, you know, going around to like visit shows. Um, I found it to be extremely useful, extremely helpful, highly recommend and encourage people to do all types of stuff. Um, If you have the opportunity to work at a show, take it uh do it don't look back might, maybe you know sometimes you get into the position where financially it might be a little bit of a hardship but if you can afford to do it by all means take that opportunity and run with it because you will gain more insight and knowledge to tattooing and how to tattoo better faster bigger smaller whatever it is you're trying to gain knowledge about you can get it all at it just by working at a tattoo show. Mm -hmm. I also find that it helps you keep uh, your fingers on the pulse of what's, you know, up and coming, what a lot of people are really interested in getting. Um, So if you like to be a chameleon, such as I do, and you like to try to, um, you know, be diversified in what you can do, go and talk to a lot of these people that are absolutely amazing leaders in the field. And, um, Go and pick their brains and see what you can learn from them. But I always start prepping for shows, for conventions, uh, travel, guest spots, and all that stuff. For me, it's like a two- to three-week process, right, to get everything together to make sure I have enough business cards. Because the last thing you want to do is show up at a show without enough business cards. Yeah. Then someone asks you for one, and you're like, oh, yeah, so I just ran out. But uh, here, let me let – me, I'll, I'll just give you my Instagram real quick. And at that point in time, you've kind of lost people. Yeah, they've Um, already checked out. You know, so it's like, make sure you have enough business cards. If you're running low on stickers, get more stickers. It's pretty easy. Um, You know, I like to go through and do like a rebranding every now and then. So I, typically speaking, I like to go through and make a new banner, you know, to show people what I'm capable of and what kind of styles I'm really into at that point. Um, You know, but I always like to have my banner, my business cards and um, my banner, my business cards and my stickers all kind of similar. Sometimes that can take a little bit longer than a week or two or three. Uh, For example, I'm now at the point in time where I don't have enough time to order new business cards um, and go back and forth with them about like, how do I want them to look and all that stuff. I don't really have that option right now because I'm leaving for a show, not this coming weekend, but the following one. Um, And that's not going to be enough time for me to put in the order, order them and have them delivered from wherever they get delivered. I forget where it's from, Um, but I'm not going to have enough time for that. So I'm just stuck. I did get my new banner right behind me. Um, So that's always nice, but. It's uh, I always like to recommend, take, take a couple weeks, go through, do an inventory check, you know, make sure that you've got everything that you need to work at a show and be successful. If you're going to do prints, tack on another week to order some prints and, you know, make up some revenue at the studio and then order some prints, get the prints made and have them delivered. Um, you know, it's, it's always nice to uh, to go through and have stuff like that, like merch and stuff like that, for people to pick up if they mm-hmm. don't have the opportunity to get tattooed. So I just got uh, done doing color correction on some new ones. I'll be running, so when those are available, if there are any left after the show, I'm working at, um, you know, just watch my Instagram. I may be posting something up, you know, for sale. Um, so just. Keep that in mind. Uh, let's see. This is.
1: You still working on the shark or have you moved on?
0: Uh, well, I did. So I officially took the tape off of it, which means uh, no moss.
1: Oh, that's so satisfying when those crisp lines show up. I've been working on a series of tiny watercolor. Uh, Oh, yeah? Just taking, like, scraps of watercolor and letting the size and shape of the paper dictate what goes on it.
0: Okay, so more, like, abstract.
1: Yeah, very, very loose. I mean, like, I did a little field of poppies and... I've done some abstract backgrounds and then done flowers on them after they've dried. And I did one really crooked street lamp.
0: Yeah, it's amazing sometimes just the inspiration we can get from just letting things happen, you know? Yeah, the last few paintings
1: I've started, I've had no idea what I was gonna paint. I'm just kind of letting myself play with the paints and discovering what they're doing on the paper.
0: So back when I was in uh, art school, we used to call that exploring the medium, right? Yes. You're you're trying to see what, what it's capable of. You're trying to really see how do you want this to look? What do you, you know, what are you gonna see in it? You know, what's capable of being done with it? How can I use it in different ways? Mm. Um, and you're kind of letting the medium itself dictate you know what kind of subject matter you'll be working on um i've found that when you become proficient with whatever medium it is that you're working with you know when you no longer really feel the need to do a whole lot of like exploration then it you can really start to like focus down and say okay this is what I want to paint and I know exactly how to apply my medium in order to get the effects that I'm going to need to achieve in exactly. order to accomplish whatever it is that I'm trying to accomplish. But until you really understand the medium that you're working with, it's going to be an uphill battle.
1: Oh, I love it. It's I'm having so much fun. just discovering of what watercolor can do again and what different weights of paper do with the watercolor and it's so much fun. It's exciting. And tell.
0: Yeah. And sometimes you come across certain things that you did not expect to happen. And you're like, Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Didn't, it's didn't fine. see that I'm one coming.
1: I, I can't break the rules of watercolor until I know what they all are. Right. Once I learn all the rules, then I can figure out how I can break them.
0: I will say this, and this is one of the reasons why I moved away from actual watercolor and over to liquid acrylic. Um, the one thing I will caution you about is watch the um, the light fast ratings yes. on the paints that you're using. I've, I've done been looking
1: into um the clear UV spray. Right. That you can spray on when they're done.
0: Be I know careful that that with
1: that. The texture a little bit, and you know because it is watercolor.
0: So the trick to that stuff, believe it or not, is do more than one very, very thin light coat.
1: Yeah, that's um, what I to do on my charcoal pastels.
0: Yeah, use it in the same exact kind of way. Just because if you don't, it, you're going to get a very milky kind of surface to it. Mm -hmm. And you're going to notice and it's going to absolutely ruin whatever it is you just got done painting. Yeah. And I know I spent 30 hours working on a small little oval painting, um, hit it with some some matte UV clear to help preserve it and keep it looking nice Mm -hmm. and uh, completely destroyed the painting. So I had to go back through and redo it. The good thing though is that since I had just gotten done doing it, Mm. it was already in my mind. I already knew exactly how I wanted it to look. So it's not like I really had to, uh, to try too much. (laughs) It's not like I had to sit back and solve those problems again. I already knew the answers to them. I just had to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: Medusa's with um... us.
1: Yay, Medusa.
0: So Medusa... Yep. you have a choice to make i don't like that i know it's early it is really early okay well this isn't a, it, you suffer absolutely no consequences from this choice just keep that in mind um i need you to help me figure out what i'm gonna paint next okay You thought it was going to be something serious. That's funny.
2: Of course, I did. I was like, on air. (laughs) This is like (laughs) live.
0: (laughs) No. I need to know. I have two choices. Three, technically. Tattoo machine. Hold on. Waiting for the video to swap. It
2: swapped.
0: Oh, did it? Yeah. So I've got tattoo machine, right? Old fastback walker style with some nice cool coils, some Liberty dimes on there.
2: Oh, I love it. I love the right. Right.
0: Chrysanthemum. You know, tried chrysanthemum.
2: I'm going to nix the chrysanthemum because you already did a mum really recently. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. You spent like eight Sundays doing a mum.
0: (laughs) I I love that mum though.
2: I know it's great. Great.
1: You don't need to do another one.
2: Yeah. Well, Keep the rotation going. Right? Okay. Is there a, another old option? school clipper ship? Ooh. Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the machine because I want to see how you fill in, um, the uh, the the metal. Yeah. Oh my God! No, there's a name for it, and I'm drawing it. I I'm drawing a blank because. I have only been awake for like twenty minutes. You guys,
0: why? Why are you all up so early? Oh, I'm. I'm sorry. That sounds more like a you problem.
2: We're East Coasters. I know it's a West Coast problem. <laughs> also, Jason, I was texting with you last night. It must have been three a.m. for you.
0: Did you? I, I was. Do
2: you never at 3 sleep.
1: You guys don't sleep. What's sleep? do you? I, I do sleep. sleep I just sleep in small
2: increments i
0: I, I know not what is that when like you don't work
2: yeah i wanna I wanna see uh because I want to see those
0: glorious little Liberty dimes yes of course you had to pick the most tricky one I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get in God we trust in there which I do have like at the bottom of one of the dimes but I don't know. If Are I'm you going be able to, to do a fun there.
2: little wrap for the coils?
0: Oh, oh yes.
2: Oh hell yeah! Any like engraved designs on the?
0: I'm. I was debating that, and I may do that. Um, I may kind of like lightly sketch one in. Um, and do like a nice little like floral, like filigree kind of design. Um, I may actually. You know what? I may just work on that. Let me see if I have an eraser handy.
2: Hell yeah. I want to see that one, especially because it wasn't that long ago that you went on a tangent about how you could talk about machines all day. I can. So <laughs> yes. let's see you paint one all day.
0: Uh, it's going to take me more than all day, but <laughs> I will do it. I will do it. Just a handful of fun
2: yeah, eight more Sundays
0: and pro- keep going
2: all right just grab
0: my sketch pencils
2: Ugh. so how's your guys's mornings doings you mean afternoons
0: whatever
1: <laughs> I've been invaded by my grandchildren three times already today and I'm like "Mom, mom doesn't have enough coffee for this shit yet <laughs> how old are they Four, three, and three. Oh, fun! Super fun! Yes. Oh my God, they're wild animals.
2: Yeah, I I saw some home videos of me when I was um, between the ages of two and four, and. It was with me, with my little sister, who's about a year younger than me. And the contrast in our personalities was so vibrant, even mm. at that age.
1: Yeah, I noticed like,
2: that with the twins. Yeah, I was all like, how did my parents ever become surprised that I turned out the way that I am when I was clearly showing signs of being uh-huh. a crazy little monster at three, whereas my little sister, who was two, was a perfect angel and still is.
1: Yeah, and Ella's my granddaughter. She's just like me. My daughter's going to go through hell.
2: I was wild as a child. (laughs) Wild. I wasn't, I wouldn't say that I was wild. I was, um, to put it nicely, a little bitch. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I could see that too, but I was just wild. I,
1: I grew up on a farm and there's nothing to do in the woods, but make trouble.
2: Oh, I grew up in the woods, too. I love the woods. I love them, too. I mean, I love living in the city, but I live in a I've got but I'm lazy and I love convenience, like the fact that the yes. convenience store is like a five block walk. I can walk my dog over there, get the dog walk out of the way and pick up like mm-hmm. rolling papers or whatever I need at the same time. But uh, um, rolling papers, uh, granola bar there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I I don't know, like my little, my older sister has um, kids too. One of them is uh, five and the other one is 24. And I, when I was younger, I was like 10 or 11 when mm-hmm. the other one, the older one was born. And I just remember being a very young age and deciding that I could not have kids because uh-huh. of seeing a baby getting raised by my older sister and helping out in the family and being like, I want to do this again. <laughs> like, Why can't I watch Powerpuff Girls? Please help with the boy. Can you please change his diaper? I'm making a bottle. And i like, uh-huh. oh
1: no.
2: <laughs> I, I was one and done. One and I experienced
1: done. my miracle of life. I love her dearly, but I did not need more than one.
2: Uh, I, I always get weirded out about my parents and ask them like every time. I'm just like, why did you keep going? Why'd you make more? Like, yeah. did, they were like, well, we didn't know you were gonna be such a hard one to handle. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> they thought having another one would calm me down and give me something to do to do yeah Yeah. (laughs) it just gave me somebody else to torture yeah home videos of me like not wanting to share my building blocks with my sweet angel baby of a little sister who just wanted to come up and hug me because she's learning how to be affectionate yeah and you know so she just wants to hug me and be all like, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I'm playing with my blocks, Um, go. And then I just throw blocks at her. And I'm just my like- My brother was,
1: my younger brother was born on my
2: birthday.
0: <gasps> rude.
2: On the 4th of July. That so, first of all, your parents are so rude for having mixed up your birthday with a national holiday.
0: <laughs> All right. So, what kind of design do we want to do on this machine? Do we want to do
2: filigree and skulls?
0: Well, I was thinking we could either go one of two directions. We could either go like spiderweb, um, and make it like an old widow, an old style widow maker.
1: I like Ooh. that idea.
0: <sighs> um, Or we could maybe do. I mean, we could always go with classic filigree. I mean, that always works and that always looks nice and gives it that like hand carved look. Yeah, Um, I really
1: like the spider webs idea. But, you know, I'm kind of creepy like that.
0: So, yeah, I was thinking like an old Rogers style Widowmaker kind of motif.
2: Oh, yeah, do that. That That sounds sounds awesome. Speaking of spiders, when I was walking Jonesy today, I saw the biggest orb weaver that i have ever seen in my life i nice.
0: love orb weavers
2: They're and it was gorgeous but its belly was like i, I don't know how to size it i'm gonna over exaggerate must have been like it was probably like the size of a nickel realistically which is still pretty mm. big,
1: yeah, that's pretty um, big yeah
2: but i, I want to say it was like the size of a quarter but also i shoved my head like my face like three inches away from it because I was like, you're
0: so gorgeous. I want to draw you and the picture. It didn't happen.
2: <laughs> and the web that it made was so pretty, too. It was like perfect. Like every little piece was perfectly spaced. And I was just mesmerized by this spider. Fucking spider on this dog walk, but uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go do a, let's make a widow maker. Yeah, we get these giant garden spiders in
1: my backyard, and they're like, their leg span is like the size of my hand, but their body's still pretty big. They're yellow and black, and they're gorgeous. I have a million pictures of them because I'm like, oh, just pose. Jeez, Vogue. I'll take pictures of you and your web and I'll draw them someday. Everybody Vogue. I have some exciting news.
2: Mm -hmm. Thursday, this bitch goes wireless. Uh, You got a battery pack? I got a couple of them. Nice. I am... It's about damn time. Uh, yeah, it feels really good to not be tethered down. And yeah. I swear it will open up your ability to get so many more angles that you normally wouldn't think about
1: mm-hmm. without I was having really to like readjust
2: piece. the entire chair. Yeah, I was
1: doing a really big piece yesterday and I kept having to move my, you know, my movable table to keep my power supply near where I needed to be. And I'm like, I can't wait till Thursday when that battery pack comes.
2: Nice. Yeah, I have a few that I rotate through. Uh, you definitely want to keep a pro pro tip, um, not a pro tip, um, amateur tip because I'm 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 a baby. Uh, I keep a little charger station like a charger port at my station and I have like I have about four battery packs that I've collected over the last couple of years, you know, like yeah, you know, there's always that case where you're going to forget one at home yeah. and then have to run down to the supply store real quick before your next appointment. Go buy one or, you know, you just want to have backups and everything. Always have at them at the charger station.
1: Yeah, that's why I got always. two so I could have one on backup. Yeah. And then next month when I look at how much money I have to put back into the business. I'll decide to get another one then or wait.
2: I think two is usually pretty good from now. I have um, a few that like, I even have a couple that a friend gave to me because they switched their machines and one of their battery packs was in a weird shape that came down to the side that no longer uh-huh. fit their new machine. Yeah. That their, their new go-to. So they gave me their old one. And uh, um, that's fine. It didn't fit my machine either because it was an awkward shape. But I have a spare backup machine that it fixed in case my regular machines have problems and yeah. everything, you know, so, like sometimes you're in the middle of a tattoo and you're like, <laughs> I don't have time to fix to this, fix but this. I have a backup.
1: I have another machine right here.
2: Yeah, actually, yesterday, one of my battery packs died in the middle of a tattoo because I was not paying attention. And uh, I was able to within like thirty seconds just reach over, uh, switch out the battery pack, rewrap, and get back to it. My client mm-hmm. didn't even know that the battery pack had died. Nice. She thought I was just making some adjustment or you know doing whatever a tattooer mm-hmm. does. Um, but yeah, I will uh, link you to a pretty cheap. Uh, charger port, if you want, that I have at my station. It's really cool, too, because if you collect yes, a few absolutely. extra cords, your clients will always have a place to, like, charge their phones. Uh-huh. Or like if you're doing a big piece and your client brings their iPad in and a headset and wants to watch, you know, a, one of their favorite Netflix show while they're getting their sleeve worked on, you can have that battery port. I do have one port. specific client that brings her head, for her wireless headphones and her iPad
1: and every time one of them runs out of a charge.
2: Yep. Yeah. Having that extra charger port is not only just good for keeping your batteries charged and everything, but the clients love it. I found out about it or I thought about it when I went to a a big appointment. It was like maybe a six hour appointment for um, my sleeve here. Mm hmm. And at the time, I was binge watching um, one of the shows from the 90 Day series. Mm -hmm. Um, And my artist, uh, it's also one of his guilty pleasures. So he was always like, look at me, like, what part are you at? Which couple are we on? You know, like, let me know what's going on. (laughs) But uh, um, uh, they didn't have anything. (laughs) I had to bring like a long charger. Yeah to reach the outlet on the wall. Um, and that's what I was all like, this would be really cool if like I would have a station for my clients. And it's great. When I work on, um, and especially the ones with multiple charger ports, yeah. put it in an area that's easily accessible. Um, and- I wanna say very recently, sometime last week, um, one of my, current projects which is like a half leg sleeve um came in she's one of my favorite recurring clients we have so much fun together oh, mm-hmm. I adore her but uh, uh because our sessions are like all day sessions whenever we work together um she starts bringing like her headphones and music or you know a book and stuff and so She hasn't asked to use the charger yet, but I've used the charger because I'm listening to Reinventing the Tattoo podcast while I'm tattooing her. She's on Mm -hmm. her headphones. I'm on mine. Both of us are like, see you later. And then we tattoo for an hour or so until one Mm -hmm. of us raises our hand and be like, break time. I've gotten in the habit of playing the
1: Reinventing podcast while I'm tattooing on the TV. So the client can see it too if they want. Mm-hmm. Plus, they uh, they get kind of geeky when they see me on there. They're like, "You're on this." I was like, "Yeah." I don't know why they put up with me, but yeah,
2: I want it too. Same. I don't know why they put up with me either. I haven't I'm been kicked lost. off yet, but I'm I'm pretty certain one of these days Gabe's gonna hop on and be all like Medusa.
0: <laughs> you can't come <laughs> on <work> anymore. You
2: <laughs> just can't. I know it. Um, but uh. Yeah, I don't have we don't have a TV at my shop and it's a pit style and everybody's listening to music and having conversations yeah. so I can't just blast an entire separate entity of sound because it'll just clutter up the noise and then everybody's gonna be overstimulated and confused and upset um, yeah. but yeah if my client already has headphones on I pop on mine and we'll listen to podcasts, YouTube videos, almost always something tattoo related. Yes. Robbie's got some good stuff. Everything on reinventing is good.
1: Did you check out um, Tattoo Collecting 101
2: this past Thursday? I haven't seen it. I got a notification on my phone when it was happening, but I was at work so I haven't been able to watch the replay. Robbie was on and he did it again. Oh, Robbie's so great. I know. Yeah, goes deep. Yeah,
1: talking about a couple things I want to talk to him
2: about on his show. Oh, um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things that you can play in uh, tattoo shops. Like uh, tattoo collecting one hundred and one, I think, is a really, really good show. Yes, for both tattooers and tattoo collectors.
0: It's I, like,
2: I think one of the few shows that people who are, don't make tattoos can still actually listen to and vibe with. I think it's a really good show for people that
1: are thinking about getting a tattoo.
2: Yeah. But
1: aren't sure about it yet.
2: And then there's Jason skill building Sundays. Yes,
0: that <laughs> one. <laughs> Where even if I come in with like a list of things to talk about. We never get oh, to them.
1: Did we hijack your show? We did. I'm Jason,
2: sorry. what
0: do you,
2: what's on your list?
0: Well, we already I already mentioned the first thing, but keep in mind that list has been there for like months now. Yeah. Because like a a few months ago, I was like, yeah, I want to start doing like very focused, more directional, topic related shows. You know, really trying to like get rid of a lot of the arbitrary talk and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I'm going to come up with a list of things to like talk about and like different things that, you know, even if, even if something happens and we get sidetracked or if I forget a topic, I've got backup topics and we still, yeah, no. Didn't you say there
1: were two things you wanted to talk about today? And the one thing was convention preparing. What was the other one?
0: The one was convention prep prep. Um, and just getting everything together for that. Um, and I actually have like eight different things down on there. Uh, branding and rebranding was another one.
2: I am interested in both of those topics. Um, <coughs> severely interested. Actually, I was just listening to uh, another podca- tattoo podcast about prepping for conventions, So I'd like to hear what you have to say about that, because I know that you do it all the time and you're pretty efficient at it at this point so jason why don't you tell us uh, what I, would you, I to do? i have been
0: working at various conventions all over the place for a number of years um it's something that i really enjoy doing so i i'm one of those people where i like to be that overachiever where it comes down to like the you know, even a few days before the show and I'm just kicking back with my feet up. Like, I don't have a worry. You know, I know I've got all of my stuff done. I know I've got my stickers made. I know I've got plenty of business cards. I know I've got everything packed, set and ready to go. Um, And it's been packed, set and ready to go for like three weeks now. Uh, Not really three weeks, but that was kind of an exaggeration. Um, But I'm, I always plan and pack in advance because I find that when you can do that, especially if you find a show where they do early setup, get there for early setup, make sure all your stuff is packed up, set, and you are ready to rock and roll. Um, You know, try to shoot for a few days in advance. And that's why I say like, yeah, I'm, I'm always done, set and ready to go a few days in advance because inevitably, if I say, yeah, within, you know, three days before the show, I'm going to be packed up and ready to go. Inevitably, by the day before, I might actually be packed up and ready to go. So, like, it's kind of tricking me, you know, so even if I'm running late, I'm still early,
1: right? It's like setting you your clock five minutes fast so you actually wind up on time.
0: Do that every day. I um, tried
1: that. I do that with my alarms because when I wake up, I'm not focused enough to remember. I'm trying to trick myself, but I actually get my ass out of bed
0: So, like, um, so I do that. So if you tell yourself and if you habitually run late, do yourself the favor. You know, say try to get everything together a few days before you even get started. It's gonna save you a lot of headache in the long run. Um You know, I always start like mentally packing for a show going through my mental checklist, usually about three weeks before a show. Um, And it seems like overkill and it seems like a lot, but that three week buffer time gives you enough time to order business cards. If you need to order business cards, Um, order stickers, if you need to order stickers, get a new convention banner made, if you need to do that, Uh, stock up on supplies that you know you're going to need while you're there. You know make those little investments as far as okay well i need a backdrop for my new merch table i need um you know i know i'm gonna need like a new little tripod uh laptop stand so i can work off of that instead of working off the table and being bound by the table constraints um it it allows you to kind of go through and make those tiny little investments that can just save you a world of headache. Uh, So I always mentally start like packing for it three weeks before. Like I just got new stickers in, just got my new convention banner that got delivered way ahead of schedule. So I'm very happy about that. Um, But it's definitely gonna save you a lot of like, oh crap, I'm going to a show. I have no business cards because I forgot to order them. You know, um, I always like to make prints. So it gives me time to make prints, figure out what prints I want to make for what specific show. Do I want to do a limited run? Do I want to do volume printing? What do I need to do for that? Um, gives me time to make like little table signs. If I need to, uh, print those out, you know, like, uh, especially if you have prints and merch and you're selling prints and merch, print out like a little table sign right? doesn't have to be much. Take like uh, an an 11 by 14 piece of cardstock, right? On one half, do like a little tent fold, you know, uh, 11 inch wide kind of like little sign that says large prints are X amount of dollars. You know, small prints are X amount of dollars. Uh, Stickers are free. Please don't photograph my artwork. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, it's going to save you a lot of headache and it's going to help you from having to field those questions when you're at the show. And if you're really trying to focus on doing something that's like super awesome and you're really, really stoked for it, the last thing you want to do is end up getting distracted, right? And having to answer questions about prints or answer questions about, oh, small ones are 20, big ones are 40. You know, to take the time to stop doing that to like focus and talk to who it is that you're selling stuff to, which I love to do anyway. Um, But my problem is I've got really bad attention span. So like for me to stay focused at a Mm -hmm. show takes a lot of energy and a lot of time. So if I can minimize the number of distractions I get at, you know, whatever booth I'm working at, um, then I'm going to do that because I know it's only going to be a service to me in the long run. Uh, I try to field questions and stuff like that. Like say someone stops by and they want to talk to me about, you know, something specific or whatever. It's like, cool. Um, I'm in the middle of a tattoo. Let's catch up after I get done with this, uh, leave your business card and I'll send you a message on Instagram as soon as I get done. How's that sound? You know, or, you know, here's and I, I'm notorious for carrying post-it notes with me at shows. I like call me a nerd, but I do. I walk around with like a little post-it note thing and a pen in my back pocket. Um, What that does is that allows me to like say, okay, cool, my post-it note and pen are over here. Uh, Write your name and number down and I'll give you a call as soon as I get done this tattoo, right? Mm -hmm. Or if we take a break, I'll hit you up. I'll give you a call. Let's meet up and we can talk. This way you're not pushing people away, but at the same time you're letting them know that, you know, hey, I'm kind of in the middle of something and I'm really trying to put my all into it. You know, I'd love to, you know, catch up with you about that, but I can't exactly do that right now. So it's a very nice way to kind of deflect that conversation for a later time when you can really give that conversation your all. Yeah. Um, it, it's It goes a long way too, because the last thing you want to do is end up having a conversation with someone and then not not remember anything about it. Right. Mm -hmm. I I don't know about you guys, but I hate it when I do that. So. Um, I do that too sometimes and it's frustrating, but you know, so that's, those are like little tricks, but that all comes down to preparation, prepare in advance. Um, You know, prepare for everything as much as you can. There's always going to be something that happens that you're not prepared for. That's inevitable uh but if you can prepare for it even more in advance do it you know go through make those tiny little time sacrifices to do stuff and get stuff done now and then that way you won't have to do them later yeah um because we all know that you know as the convention happens things un- unravel pretty quickly at shows sometimes oh yeah so
2: Oh, buddy, they do. Uh-huh. You can no. go from school to
1: chaos real quick.
2: So do you have like a, a very specific checklist, like save to your computer or phone or something that you would be willing to share? Mm, let
0: me see if I can to, uh,
2: help other people um, who are, you know, just beginning to get into the... The convention game.
0: So I used to have one. Let me I know Needlejig
2: does. Um...
0: So here's where like having a standardized convention checklist doesn't necessarily always apply. Um, We all tattoo in different ways. We all have different setups. We all have different things that we utilize, things that we like things that we prefer, things that are luxuries, things that we sacrifice bringing with us due to weight, whatever, or maybe Mm -hmm. disposable stuff that might be on some people's checklists, but maybe you don't want to bring them with you because you know that's all, that's just going to be extra weight and you don't want to have that. You don't want to go through and put that in your, your say travel luggage Um, because you know, it's probably going to put you overweight, right? So we all have different things. If people plan on renting equipment, obviously great, more power to you. If I can bring it, I will. If it's a local show and I'm driving to it, if Mm -hmm. it is not a local show and I am not driving to it, I pack with a bare minimum checklist, right? If it's disposable, I never bring it with me. I will buy it there. If it's something that I don't know if I'm going to need or not, I leave it at home. Right. Because it's like, okay, well, if I end up needing it, I can make something work or I can go out and I can buy it. And you know what? I'll just eat that cost, but it's better than bringing it with me, having your luggage be overweight, which I've had happen to me multiple times. Um, you know, where it's like, okay, crap, Good thing I got to the airport, you know, two and a half hours early so I can Mm. shuffle around my luggage so that that way I can bring everything with me. And half the shit that I end up bringing with me, I don't ever end up using. So it's like, why did I even bother? Right. Things like gloves, right? If you're traveling internationally for a show, don't bring gloves with you. No, that's sacrificing space in your checked bag that. You don't need to, unless you're like crazy particular about this one specific brand of glove, right? But in that case, pull out half the box, throw it in a big Ziploc bag. That way it's malleable, right? And you don't have to worry about crumpling up a cardboard box of gloves. Yeah. You know, you know shove that into like the side pocket on your carry-on. Um, you know, that's... It's going to save you a lot of headache if you do that. Um, Things like ink caps or paper towels, stuff like that. If you can pick that up there, once again, unless you are super specific about certain things in that case, fine. You do you, but if you can buy it there, buy it there. Um, It's going to save you a lot of headache at the end of the day, especially bigger shows like any of the villain art shows, you don't really have to even bring like needles or anything like that with you. A lot of times if you find the right vendors and you just say, Hey, do you guys have samples of cartridges? They're like, yeah, we do. It's like, cool. Can I try out this size, this size and this size? Yeah. Next thing you know, you're tattooing for free all weekend, not using any of your own cartridges. There you go. Worst case scenario, you find uh, a place to buy a box. You take that home and now you've got extra stock, right? Mm -hmm. So it ends up working pretty well. Um, As far as, you know, an actual like checklist goes, my checklist varies from show to show. Perfect example for this local show that I'm going to be doing out in West Virginia. um, I'm bringing my, my uh, glamcore light, um, my armrest, travel massage table. I'm bringing my display rack for prints, um, for my my merch. I'm bringing that whole thing with me because that collapses down into like a small box. Um, my convention banners, some flyers and handouts for different people. Um, my laptop tray, which is on wheels, so I can move that around and work off of that. Uh, I don't know if I'm really going to bring any AV stuff with me, like cameras or anything like that, so I may actually end up skipping that drawing group that Sunday. Sorry, guys. Um, But it's, you know, I'm gonna pack for mostly merch sales and um, tattooing. Like, that is... That's my gonna be my primary focus. So that is exactly what I'm packing for. Like, but if I was traveling, say I was flying out to a show out in California, maybe I was traveling out to do a guest spot with Medusa. um, I wouldn't bring my merch rack, right? Um, I wouldn't bring necessarily my glam core, even though that does fold up into a very small little package. And I highly recommend those lights because they are awesome and they do eliminate like all shadows. Um, nice. They are, they are really nice. They're really expensive, but they are very good. I worried. do like them. I like them for travel. I like them for everything, but if I'm going out to do a guest spot with Medusa, I'm probably not going to need that because her studio's probably got plenty of light. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was traveling down to Puerto Rico, which I plan on doing in December I probably will bring it with me because if you work at a convention, you and especially if it's one you've never worked at before, bring a light. Mm-hmm. Bring a light. Do not second guess it. Find the yeah. space. Put it in your carry-on. Carry it in a backpack with you on the plane. It doesn't matter. Bring a light because you will need it. I can guarantee it. Most conventions that are out there have absolutely terrible lighting. Mhm. You know you're talking like recessed incandescent ceiling lights that are maybe 60 watt bulbs at best so do yourself a favor bring a light um do you think headlamps will do headlamps work i own several of them so i will vouch for those and say that yes they do do an incredible job However, I'm not a very big fan of them um, simply because, it, to me, they're kind of cumbersome. And, like, if you need to adjust the light or, you know, maybe you're you're trying to look at a different spot and you move your light or you look up to talk to your client, you're shining that light right in their eye.
2: Oh, yeah, I've done you that know? too So if times. you can eliminate not
0: that... You know, that's what I would recommend doing. Um, then again, to each their own. Some people don't really care about that. Um, some people can make it work and they can tattoo in like the dimmest of lighting conditions. More power to you. If you can do that, by all means, do it. Why um, is like that? You know, I just, my eyes are not that good anymore. So like, I have to be careful about doing stuff like that um headlamps work well but if you can i recommend bringing like a portable lamp um as far as armrests go you can get little travel armrests but make sure it's something that's going to serve the purpose of what you're aiming for you know you know if you've got a full on half sleeve that you have to tattoo one day bring a good padded comfy armrest don't bring one of the tiny ones where the client's arm feels like it's going to roll off at any given point. Don't do that to yourself. Bring the bigger one, find the room, make the room, bring the bigger one and just, you know, bite the bullet on that. Um, it's going to make your client a lot more happy. Maybe you can use it as a headrest if you need, if you get tired and you want to take a nap. Um, on a bad idea. you know, it's, it comes in handy. Uh, If you know that you're working on mostly legs and torsos or backs or whatever, don't bother bringing one, borrow one. If you need to, Um, you know, say, say your all day leg sleeve canceled on you and you know, at the last minute, but you got to walk up for like a tiny little arm jammer, right? Cool. Someone will lend you an armrest guaranteed, right? Because you're going to find someone that is working on something that is not an arm and has no need for their armrest Mm -hmm. and it's just taking up room in their booth. So yeah, go borrow one. Um, And that's where having a really great network of like tattooer friends across the world is very, very helpful. You know, especially if you're traveling to a foreign country to to do tattoos, Mm -hmm. make sure you've got friends over there. You know, or at least be a nice human being and like say, hey, listen, all my stuff got held up at customs. Let me offer you a couple of bucks so I can buy a couple of cartridges off of you. Um, you know, if yeah. it wasn't for customs, I'd have all my stuff, but I, I kind of got screwed here. Um, that happened to a very good friend of mine. It's actually how we became friends. Uh, all of his stuff got held up at customs in Puerto Rico for the Puerto Rico Tattoo Convention. And um, he literally had nothing but his machines and had to borrow everything mm-hmm. from everyone else. Like, I mean, we're talking pigments, ink caps, uh, you name it, armrests, barrier sleeves, cartridges, you name it. He literally had to borrow everything else except for his machines.
2: I, I, I have a couple of things to say about that. Uh, First thing is, I'm so glad that for that person that there was like some sort of network for them to fall on because I know so many people in the industry that'd be like, maybe you should have planned for that. Maybe you should have had a backup plan. That's your fault. You're shit out of luck. You know, just those aggressive mm-hmm. people who are like, if it's not benefiting me, I don't care about anybody else. Um, My second thing is... Uh, how do you compensate your tattoo friends for borrowing their supplies like what kind of percentage of money do you throw at them if you borrow an armrest do you throw them like 5 10 20 bucks or something as a thank you or is that kind of one of those silent you're doing me a favor I'm going to pay it forward to another tattooer" or I got your back in the future type of thing like
0: so to comment on that um Well, first things first, anyone that's giving you that kind of attitude when you're in that kind of a shit situation where if all your stuff gets, uh, you know, held up at customs or say, say TSA decides to go through and open up every single one of your disposable grip packages and every single one of your cartridge packages, then throws it back in your travel box. And is like, yeah, everything's cool now. Um, And I know an artist that that happened to. When they got off the plane, they looked at their luggage and literally every sealed disposable component that they had was opened. Every single one of them. That is... They were out a few hundred dollars worth of disposable tubes and needles.
2: Oh, I bet. I mean,
0: TSA can do that? Technically, they can do whatever they want.
2: I mean, you can't even bring up like, I hate to sound like a Karen, but you got to be like, hey, you opened something that was sealed for sterilization and had all the markings on it to prove to you that it was steal- sealed for a certain reason. And there was absolutely no reason to open that. And you cost me my livelihood, putting my life in danger.
0: Irrelevant. Fuck. And the reason why I say that is because their job is to err on the side of caution. If they even suspect something may be off with a package, according to the Patriot Act, they have the right to open up said package and inspect its contents, sealed for sterilization or not, clear package or not. It does not matter. If they have any kind of a suspicion about anything, they have the right given to them by the transportation safety a- association to go through and open up whatever it is they
2: have don't they have to have outward obvious proof of their suspicion like there has to be a obvious marker to indicate that there is reason to have suspicion if they can't this just was, randomly open it
0: up if this was a a like say you got pulled over and this was a search um, issue, right. Dealing with like search and seizure. Yes. They would have to have reasonable, um, reasonable suspicion, uh, or justification in order to go through and open something up and search it. Considering the fact that most of this stuff is traveling through airports, most luggage is not transparent, right? Most luggage is in some kind of an opaque, you know, suitcase, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there is something in there that may or may not be threatening. There's not going to be any outward signs of it because you're not going to be able to see through the packaging. OK, but you
2: can open up the Pelican case. Sure. You can sift through it. Sure. But to take um, like a cartridge, a sealed cartridge needle and a clear casing that has a paperback with all the proper labeling on it and to say, I need to open this because I'm suspicious of it when it's clear labeling.
0: Well, have you ever heard the stories about people that are shipping stuff back and forth from South America that's in perfect, legitimate packaging that's sealed, taped, you know, whatever, but inside it's actually drugs?
2: I mean... I, don't, I honestly we don't didn't care really, if, if somebody is going to stuff drugs into a cartridge this big, like that's not enough for me to give a fuck. That's not that much.
0: No, but if you have 80 cartridges in one small box, that might be enough for them to give a fuck.
2: I would still lose my shit.
0: I'm not saying that they were totally um, justified. I'm just saying from their perspective their job is to err on the side of caution. You mm-hmm. know, not saying that that artist wasn't later then compensated by the TSA were for they? the damage that was done, because I'm pretty sure they were.
2: Oh, yeah. good. So um, done. As but, long as they were compensated and immediately.
0: Well, I don't know if it was immediate. It probably took them a few weeks for TSA to get back to them. For, um,
1: at least but, a few weeks.
0: But that's you know, I, I always like to leave a little note for TSA agents for if they decide to open up my Pelican case on my travels, you know, informing them of who I am, what I do. If they have questions about anything, here's how to reach me. Um, you know, and I will be happy to discuss and help alleviate any kind of concerns they might have. Um, Usually that works a treat and I haven't really had anyone mess with me like that. So that's a plus. I don't know if it's because the note that I leave them um, or anything of that nature, but you know, it couldn't hurt. Right.
2: Yeah. Um, nice little note that says, please don't open my stuff. I'm a tattooer. If you de-sterilize my packages, you're putting my life at risk by destroying my livelihood.
0: Yeah, something along those lines. Be a
2: little dramatic, but say please.
0: Um, <laughs> you know, but it's like, that's, it sucks, but stuff like that does happen sometimes. Um, so having a backup plan is great. As far as compensation for other artists, I don't know how other people do it. I believe in the pay it forward method. Um, for my friend who ran into that issue when he was working at the Puerto Rico convention, I actually kicked over my Pelican case to him and said, dude, take whatever you need, help yourself, whatever, man, pay it forward. You know, if you ever run into an artist in this kind of a situation, help them out, you know, um, mm-hmm. what, whatever you, whatever I have that you might need, whether it's you need a 15 mag or you need, um, you know, a nine liner, you need a super crazy, hella tight three liner, Um, if you need black ink, if you need gray wash, if you need colors, whatever you need drape sheets and barrier sheets or disposable grips and tubes, whatever, help yourself, you know, pay it forward to the next artist that you encounter. That's going through something like this. And that's reward enough for me, you know, I I don't need, I don't need anything like that. I'm not in the business of, you know, making money off of other tattooers, unless they're, you know, paying to get tattooed by me. That's a little bit of a different story, but, Mm. um, you know, I'm not in the business of like renting out my stuff for a profit. I don't care about that. Um, that's also because I tend to overpack and I always bring a little bit extra of everything. If I only granted, I always recommend packing to do three Three to four tattoos max a day, right? Because anything, you're not going to sit down and knock out 15 tattoos in one day. You're not. That's unrealistic. There's not enough time at a show for you to draw something, set up for a tattoo, execute the tattoo, break down properly, set back up for the next tattoo, do the tattoo, break down properly, set up for the next tattoo. Do the tattoo, break down properly. There's not Mm -hmm. enough time, unless you're doing tattoos that are like quarter sized.
2: Infinity symbols all day.
0: Like, I'll do quarter sized tattoos all day, but they're going to be a hundred bucks a pop,
2: right? Flying birds
1: everywhere.
0: I, whatever. Um,
1: I can't
2: make fun of the basic white girl tattoos. I have a dandelion on my leg. I mean, they still mean something to the person wearing them. It's yeah. so special. It might be not be special to us, but it's fucking special to them. And it's they're worthy of that experience. I
1: got the dandelion silhouette before it was a thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, like the O.G. Yes. Dandelion silhouette. Yes.
1: Nice. All of a sudden everybody had dandelions and I'm like, no, that was my idea. Uh, my so first I don't my have thinking- any
0: dandelion tattoos. But I will tell you this, if, you know, if I go through and I pack and I end up doing more than three tattoos in one day at any given show, I'll go out and buy supplies because I'm making enough money off of those that I can afford to do that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, cool. But don't, you don't need to pack for doing a whole, but you don't need to bring a whole box of three liners, a whole box of five liners, a whole box of, you know, nine liners And a whole box of 7 mags, 11 mags, 15 mags, 23 mags. You don't need to bring all that. Yeah. A couple of each. And I can guarantee you, you're still not going to use everything that you brought. Um, Most people, most artists that really book out for shows and book out for like full time with appointments and everything. They're doing what? One, maybe two tattoos a day. Yeah. And that's all the supplies they need. So I know guys that'll show up with literally a backpack. That's it for a whole show. And that's because they're, they already know what they need for those appointments. Mm -hmm. They already know exactly how many pairs of gloves they're going to go through. They don't need to bring any of the extra supplies. They know exactly what colors or grayscales they're going to be going through. They have all of that planned out before they even get there. So they only need to bring minimal stuff you know, more power to them. Um, if you're like me and you love doing like little walk-up jammers at shows,
1: mm, yeah.
0: you're going to have to pack for a few more, right? But realistically speaking, um, having worked lots of different shows all over the place, I can tell you that if you're doing more than three or four tattoos a day at any show, then you know what, spend the extra money, go get some more supplies, fine, deal with it. Oh, or if you're sad. there and you forgot something, go buy a box of something if you know you're going to use more than one of them. If you're not going to use more than one of them, don't go buy a whole new box of you know, 19 mags from you know, whatever company. Um, because there's a chance that you're just going to end up taking home more shit than you brought with you. And that is the exact opposite of the goal that we have. Yeah. Yeah. you know you want to leave there with more money and less supplies not more supplies and less money so
2: the last time i guest spotted i was able to pack super light because um i mean one of my really good friends worked at the shop that i was guesting at and it's my first time guesting too so i was like what do i need to bring and what does the shop supply um you know you always got to check in on what is going to be supplied there and everything this is guesting not convention yes but uh uh, my buddy was all like dude just bring your machines and i was like okay well i need to bring my inks and all that and he's like nah you can use mine yeah that made it so easy for me to pack light that was when i was Mm -hmm. um guesting in phoenix and during that guest spot there was a health city convention so after work i go over to the convention and because i didn't have uh my suitcase all packed up with a bunch of supplies because i was able to borrow from my friend while i was there um i was able to buy more shit at the convention and uh bring home more cool shit because i had the room for it
0: guesting is that- Guesting's a little bit of a different story Yeah, that's Um, guesting. Most places that you go to guest spot at, um, they will say, you know, listen, whatever you need, we've got you. Show up, bring your machines. You know, we'll take care of literally everything else. And it's, you know, that's awesome. Because then you're basically just hanging out with people, making art, doing tattoos if you have appointments already set up, or just picking up walk-ins left and right, um, which is, what I enjoy doing whenever I guest spot, unless I'm, you know, get specific requests from people to, for specific things, but still, it's like most places that you're going to go and be a guest artist, they'll supply almost everything that you need. Cause that's, they want to draw you in to use you basically as a draw to get new clients to come in. Um, which is like the standard business concept behind having guest artists stop by. It's, it's really good for like advertising and stuff like that to say, hey, we've got so-and-so coming in all the way from, you know, wherever, you know, they'll be here for a very limited time. Come book your appointments now. And if that artist has enough of a draw, you're going to get people to show up just to watch, right? Uh-huh. I mean, they might not even be getting tattooed but you might have other artists coming from local studios to show up to say, oh, I just want to, do you mind if I ask you some questions while you work? And, you know, guy's there, he's probably going to answer your questions. Um, But it's a good business draw to get artists from all over to uh, stop by and do a little bit of a guest spot at whatever studio. Um, it, It works a treat from a business perspective one of the best experiences I've ever had in the tattoo industry was when I was an apprentice and um, the studio I was apprenticing at for my first apprenticeship uh, actually had Shane O'Neill and Nico Hurtado guest spot at the same time. Oh shit. And they, it was two world-class realism artists literally tattooing back to back and having the opportunity to, sit down with each of them, ask them questions, pick their okay. brains about, well, why are you doing this this way, as opposed to that way? You know, why are you using, um, you know, needles on bar as opposed to cartridges for outlining, you know, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, why does this eight round liner look way different than every other eight round liner I've ever seen? Right? oh, you handmade it. Oh, and you made it to your own specific specs to have this much spread. You only soldered it down this far. You want it, and this is why you did that. this like that. Mm-hmm. You soldered the needle bar down this far as opposed to that far so that you know you could work right off like the tips of it or whatever. Or you maybe you wanted a little bit of extra needle hang so you soldered it back on the bar a little bit further. Like little stuff like that can go a really long way, but you know, they, when they showed up, they had their basics. They didn't have a whole lot of stuff with them. Mm -hmm. We provided everything, everything, drape sheets, uh, dental bibs, whatever. Um, They had literally access to all of the inventory at the studio to do whatever they needed to do. We told them what we had and what we used like brands of pigment, um, mm-hmm. brands of needles, you know, whatever we said, if there's anything we need to order that you want us to have on hand so that that way you don't have to bring anything with you, we will order it for you. Um, that way it is here. You don't have that added expense. If you decide to bring something specific with you, that's fine. Not a problem, but you do not have to, if you do not want to, Yeah. um, that kind of courtesy really went a long way for those artists, specifically. Granted, you know, they're a pretty big deal, yeah. so it's you know maybe we went a little bit, we maybe threw in a little bit of extra effort there, but um,
1: yeah, but they're worth it.
0: it. Well, it's not just that they're worth it; it's that. You know, we really wanted to encourage them to show them that, hey, we're here. We got you. Uh, You're doing us a favor by stopping by and doing a guest spot here. Cool. You know, like we really appreciate that. And if that means we need to pick up a couple of bottles of your favorite black to have on hand or you prefer this brand of color over that brand. Cool. You know what? we'll put, we'll eat the cost on that. It's not a big deal because we want you to be fully equipped and outfitted. We just want you to show up, do tattoos, have fun and relax. Um, exactly. and it, it went a long way with those artists. Um, and it was absolutely awesome. The amount of feedback we got, the amount of things we discussed, it was fantastic, you know, but it can be a great Great way to go through and really expand what you do, who you know, and you know get a better idea for what it's like to work at other places. Certain places you will find though that when you guest spot, maybe certain places are not worth ever going back to or thinking about a second time. Um, It sucks, but that's the honest truth. Uh, Certain, not every studio out there is going to be a super awesome studio. Not every artist out there is going to be a very humble person. No, I know it's, that's the nature of humanity. Um, as much as it sucks and it does suck, but that's unfortunately what we have to deal with sometimes. Um, but you know what? Take the good with the bad. There are certain places out there that are absolutely awesome to go and do a guest spot at. Um, Enjoy the experience, enjoy the time, but it's going to be very different than working at a convention. You know, getting trying to get back on topic here. Um, Best advice I could tell anyone is you know, if you're if you know for a fact you're going to be doing color tattoos at a show, do yourself a favor, find whatever company it is that you prefer your pigments from and order a couple of little half ounce bottles of exactly the colors that you're gonna need for those tattoos. Bring those with you. You don't need to bring a four ounce bottle of color with you. You don't. You're not gonna use it all. You're not gonna use, I don't care who you are, but unless you're blacking out someone's entire upper torso, you're not gonna go through a four ounce bottle of black. How do
2: you pack your uh pigments for airline travel how yeah do you do the saran wrap and then put the top on and then do like a ziploc bag of five of the same color
0: i try to keep them in color families yes
2: family that's what i meant yeah
0: um so like i'll have purples in one small bag um sometimes i've even gone as far as to like i'll buy like the super small little sandwich bags right? The super thin ones that you can put like five Oreos in or whatever. Those are great for if you want to pack individual bottles, you're going to go through like a whole box of them. But it's great because even if something does happen during the pressurization of the cabin with the luggage and all that stuff, even if something like that happens, it's not going to matter because each bottle is in its own individual Ziploc bag. What i found is that with certain types of bottles, I'll actually take one of the big ink caps. Uh, I think they're number 12 ink caps. Um, The kind with the flare at the top, the top edge, not Mm. the ones at the bottom, the ones with the edge at the top. Most of the time, those will fit perfectly inside the top of a bottle.
2: I have been told that. I didn't know what size the ink caps were. I I believe they're number
0: 12s because I think number nines are the smaller ones. Number twelves are like the medium sized. And then I think it's number 16 are like the big boys. Maybe I'm wrong. I I could be wrong.
1: No, I think you might be right.
0: Yeah, I think 16 are the big boys.
1: You think I would know this.
0: Well, it happens. I mean, now that they're most people are using like the stable ink caps with like the big flares at the base of them. Mm. Um, not all of those are form- formatted to fit. Um, or what you can do is you can look for pipe caps, right? Those work well because that's actually what ink caps used to be. They used to be mm. pipe caps, but they just serve to be really great for using for tattooing. Um but sometimes I'll use those most of the time
1: started out as something else. And we've just taken it into the industry and involved
0: it for our use. Correct. Um, the doorbell. Exactly. So if you are looking to do something like that, to pack up your colors, one thing I would recommend doing though, is don't use basic cling wrap. If you're going to go with like the cling wrap method, don't use just basic plastic wrap over top of your bottle go out, pick up some Ziploc bags and cut those up. Those are thicker plastic. They're going to be a lot more stable. It's going to give it a lot tighter of a seal. And it's going to last and work way better. So go with a thicker plastic wrap as opposed to like really, really thin stuff. Because if the really, really thin stuff like stretch wrap or whatever, if that gets a tiny little tear in it, which is very easy to do, It doesn't really matter that you even have plastic on there, that pigment's going to go everywhere. If you can, though, what I always recommend doing is see if you can get like a little half ounce or quarter ounce bottle that's brand new, bring that with you. That way, you know, you're not going to have any issues with like expiration dates or anything like that. It's a brand new bottle. You just got it. It's completely sealed from the get go so you don't have to worry about anything exploding or anything like that. It's, our, it's most likely already in a plastic bag, so there's never usually too much of an issue. Um, it's just a little like convention hack that I found works pretty well, if at all possible. Once again, that does require a little bit of forethought because you need to make sure that you order them And have received them in enough time so that you can factor in where to put them in your luggage. You know, because if you get your shipment on the day that you leave um, or the day before you leave and you've already have your suitcases and your travel bags packed, you are set and ready to get on that plane. And then you forgot about your inks. Uh. Well, now you have to go back through and move some stuff around and shuffle some stuff and figure out, okay, how am I going to get this to fit in here when everything was already packed perfectly? So do yourself a favor, try to get everything together like a week in advance. But if you don't really have any color tattoos to do that weekend, cool. Leave your colors at home. Bring black, Bring your black and gray sets. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain artists out there when they travel to work at shows, they don't do color tattoos. They only do black and gray because it's cutting down on a lot of the, like the stuff that they have to bring with them. It's going to cut down on weight. And you would be surprised if you pack 30 one ounce bottles of pigment in your travel case, even if each bottle is only half empty, right? That's a half ounce, so that's 15 ounces total if you bring 30 colors with you and each bottle is already halfway empty. And maybe you're only allowed, say, uh, what was it? 50 pounds. Well, 15 ounces is just shy of a pound. So that's one pound worth of weight in your travel case, right? Now you've got an armrest and you've got lights and you've got all types of other stuff in there. That all takes up weight as well. Plus you have the weight of the case. Well, if the case weighs 15 pounds, plus you've got another pound, so that's 16 pounds, right? So now you're already cutting down the amount of stuff that you can put in there. So it's to me, it's all about figuring out weight and how much you need to fit in there and all types of stuff like that. Um, try to weigh your case beforehand before you leave. Hmm. But if you're struggling with stuff, maybe leave your colors at home. That'll give you a good opportunity to go out and try some colors from a different company. If you don't like them, you never have to use them again. Um, That's true. You know, maybe, maybe you're doing all black and gray, but someone wants that color pop and, they want to get that lion tattoo with the king's crown but they want it to have blue eyes nice. you know go out and buy a small bottle of blue someone's or borrow some blue from someone mm-hmm. Right? doesn't take too much all you got to do is ask i
2: have to get ready and head out
0: are we uh, boring you that much
2: boring me that much um no i got to get ready for work uh. um I wanted to say thank you so much, Jason, for all of this advice. Like, I'm definitely going to be heading you up when I have more questions about traveling in the future, since I have a few travel plans myself in the next year. Uh, oh, Ma'am yeah. You come,
0: gonna, are you coming out to Philly? I.
2: I may, maybe should I? You should. Yes.
0: Have you you've have you even seen pictures of the Philadelphia convention?
2: I have heard that it's pretty spectacular. And um I mean I've i i, I I've been down to give that a shot. Uh but uh, I do got to go. Amber, I'll uh, forward you my um setup for the charging station if you oh, want. Yeah. Send me send it to my Insta. Totally. And you guys have a really great day. Thank you so much for the wonderful conversations. Anytime. You too. It was good to see you. Bye. Good to see you too. Later.
0: Yeah, but I highly recommend everyone that's out there, if you're still listening, um, travel. Get out on the road, travel. Go do guest spots. Go do conventions. Go network with other artists in other places. And just see what you can pick up on and what you can learn from other people. Yeah. It's going to blow your mind and take you to a whole different level.
1: Working with new artists inspires your art.
0: Well, it not only should act as an inspiration, but it should also help you on a technical level. Because every tattooer out there does something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. We all do a little bit... We all have the same kind of, um, we all know the same basic application techniques, right? But maybe you have some artists when they're outlining, they float the needle as opposed to riding the tube. Well, mm. take stock of that. Find out why they, le- why they do that like that. Um, how far out are they hanging it? What speed are they running it at? Is it slower or faster than what you run yours at?
1: Those are the questions I ask every tattooer I know, especially when I'm getting tattooed.
0: You'd be surprised at how things, you know, work and how things function and how different certain people can be. You know, I remember watching uh, James Tex pack in solid color at the London show one year, and he was moving so incredibly fast through this tattoo Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, what is this guy doing that's different, right? And I think he completed, like, the entire, an entire half of an upper torso during that show. Wow. In in a few hours. Yeah. Like, that's, okay, what does this guy know that I don't?
1: Exactly. And then you've got to find out. Right. Right. I can watch other tattooers tattoo for hours and never be bored.
0: See, I like, I'm, I was always that kid that even when I wasn't tattooing, I would go to shows and I would sit down at a booth near an artist that I really liked, you know, as long as I had room to do so. Um, And I would actually like sit down and whip out like a little notepad and like take notes of what are they doing? How are they doing that? How are they moving their hand? I I would write down everything I could about that so that I could take that and look at that later on when I actually understood more about the process. But until you understand the process and until you have the experience to sit back and say, okay, well, I understand now why this is going on here like this, but why are they still doing this in this way? now let me send them an email and i'll reference the notes i was taking and you know maybe i'll ask them about that but don't just sit back and this is something that i've seen artists do left and right don't just sit back and blindly say well this is the way this guy does it you know so why Mm -hmm. can't i do it that way because it's working for him you can't that's not the way things work
1: no It's like everybody has their own specific way of making marks, no matter what type of art it is. No matter what medium you're working in.
0: So Jeremy Burnt says complimenting a brand is okay. Uh, Mickey Mouse. Okay, I'm not sure what that really means, but okay. Maybe that was in context to something that we were talking about before. It I've, could have been. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, it's uh, we all have different marks we make, and we all have different things that we enjoy doing, and different things that we have found works best for us. Um, you know, that's all part of starting out at the middle of the road, learning the basics, learning what's working, how it works, why it does that, and then saying, okay, well, I know that if this does this because of this, and this is doing this because of this, then I know that if I do this and this, it's going to have this kind of an effect. Yes. Right? So it's boiling that stuff down. Um, some people just are taught one thing, and that's all they know, and that's all they do, and it works, and
1: Not with that's my mind.
0: And that, that's good for them. That's good for them, you know, but for those out there that are trying to really push the bounds of what's being done um, or looking for alternative methods that may work better for them, well, you got to get out there. You have to see what people are doing and how, what they're using and how they're doing it. It's an investment. I'd
1: want to push my style and explore other artists. And he'd just shake his head and he goes, this is what happens when art kids want a tattoo.
0: Sorry for, you know, trying to take things to a higher level. I grew past him. Yeah, that's what you got to do sometimes. I wasn't willing to just
1: stay in one place. I'm digging the detail you're putting in on that.
0: Yeah, I know it's probably hard to see, but um, I'm kind of simplifying some of it. Just because I have to. But I tend to over detail things. It's always been a problem of mine.
1: Yeah. I've had to learn with watercolor. That you just the impression of something. Is what you're starting with. Not. You know less. Less is more. I had to learn that with tattoos originally too though.
0: Yeah, sometimes less is more, but sometimes that less that you, that, that little intricate part that you're leaving out could be the one thing that really ties everything together and really makes it jump. So I think, you know, as far as a base rule of thumb, yeah, I can see that. Um, I like tiny little details and focused areas where I really want people to look Mm. and that helps draw their eye. So... Sometimes in those detailed areas, you have to go with more because you really want that to stand out against everything else. But that's also another
1: baby watercolor picture.
0: What was that? I'm sorry.
1: I just finished oh, cool. another baby watercolor picture. Cool. I didn't know what it was going to be. It's just some algae under the water. I thought it might be trees when I first started it, and that's not what it wanted to be. Well, keep cranking them out. I am, the more I do them, the more I learn about it, and the more fun I'm having.
0: Good, you should always have fun.
1: Yeah, at this point in my life, it's about fun.
0: Well, Well, life should always be about enjoying the process and enjoying everything. Finding the joy in the little things.
1: Yes. Finding the joy in the little things makes things that are negative not so bad.
0: And I'm almost done this transfer. At which point in time, I think we will probably sign off. Yeah, Anytime. I actually
1: have to work today too. So I was about to say I got to sign off in a minute. I have a nail well, client today.
0: Well, why don't we get going then? Go ahead and tell us where we can reach you.
1: Okay. My name is Amber Morgaine. You can reach me on Instagram at Amber Morgain and on Facebook at Amber Morgain Originals or Looking Glass INK.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today anytime Um, take care everyone have a wonderful day uh hope everyone is doing well and everyone keeps their hands moving um take care